Welcome to Regions Wealth Podcast, the podcast that tackles life's challenges with financial experience. I'm your host, Ann Johnson. A report called Adoption by the Numbers, released by the National Council for Adoption, showed a very slight increase in U.S. infant adoptions from 2007 to 2014. That's the most current year reported. And while international adoptions have been declining for the last decade, more than 6,000 children from outside the U.S. were adopted here in 2014. For families wanting to add a plate at the dinner table, the road can be long, complicated, and costly. Joining me in studio is Keith McCord. He's a wealth advisor for Regions Private Wealth Management. Keith, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. In this episode, we're talking about adoption options. We've taken frequently asked questions from a bunch of people and developed a character who needs your help. Let's listen. I'm Liz. I'm 43 years old. I'm a thoracic surgeon. But more importantly, I'm also mom to a little boy. My husband and I met during our first year of med school, but wanted to wait until we'd made it through our residency and fellowship programs before getting married and starting our family. We had our son five years ago, and he's been my greatest joy. I'd always envisioned adopting a child someday. I grew up in a large family with two adopted siblings, both of whom are very close in age with me. I really can't picture my life without them, and I want my son to experience that same blessing. My husband is on the same page. We've actually been discussing adoption for 10 years now. The holdup? He's always concerned that the timing isn't right, at least not from a financial standpoint. So adoption is expensive, with overall costs running as high as $50,000. What are some funding or financing options uh, you could offer to Liz? Liz, what you could do is use some of the safety net y'all put together. And then the other option would be to maybe marry that with some new debt sources that you can probably easily qualify for or, or definitely afford. Those would be the avenues I would suggest. And when you talk about creating new debt, you're talking about using the mortgage? Yeah, I would consider taking whatever mortgage you have now, adding some money to that, which you can take out to fund this, and then you would have a set fixed rate debt and use that funds and pay for this. And then you have a set mortgage payment every month and you can budget for that. Liz has been thinking about this for a long time, but she hasn't gone to an agency. How should she get herself ready personally and financially in order to get to that agency? And what will the agency tell her? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is probably go interview two or three different agencies and find one you're real comfortable with, or maybe you have a friend that's used one and they're very comfortable with them. And that's the first step because they're going to be able to help you much like we would on the financial side, but just through this process because there's a lot to it. It has to be done just right. And, you know, some of those steps will be making application, going through having a background check, even to the point of having fingerprints done. There's personal references that have to be obtained and presented, possible adoption classes that are beneficial, uh, very beneficial, and it helps them get to know you and you to know the agency. Before we get to the next part, I want to ask this. Keith, I know adoption is personal for you. Would you be willing to share your adoption story? All right. So my wife and I, 20 years ago, went through all the IVF type stuff, which is you know, given my business, that's high risk, low return. You know, we did it. We tried it. didn't work. And then one of our friends from church said, hey, y'all might want to go talk to Merrim's Promise, which is our adoption agency now. So uh, got an appointment with them, sat down, talked to them. You know, then the next thing we got into a group 
I guess it was, uh, you know, pre-adoptive classes we got to go to. So I said, okay, well, you know, by Christmas, end of the year, something good could happen here. Well, we kind of went through that. It didn't happen. So we get through the holidays, first of the year, and then all of a sudden, Wednesday night, you know, January 6th, we got a phone call. It was our counselor. And she goes, well, there's something I need to tell you. She goes, it's twins. I'm going, twins, you know, and, uh, and it's twin girls. And we were like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm just sitting there, you know, we're just floored, basically. And then Friday, midday or so, we go down and pick them up at the hospital. And it's never been the same, you know? That's fantastic. So you went from zero to 100 miles an hour <laughs> pretty much overnight. Pretty much. But that was fine. And looking back on it, for us, that's probably the way that it probably was best. So you never know how all that stuff's going to work out. <laughs> that's a great story. I'm a little weepy over here. <laughs> okay, let's listen to the next part of Liz's story. We're both surgeons and are fortunate to be able to afford all of the associated costs. However, we're still paying off med school debt while also working hard to save for our family's future. I get his concern. I, too, am worried about taking such a large sum from our safety net. We're both big on saving and planning. We're well-matched in that regard. We worked hard to build up a two-year safety net. The thought of reducing our savings just before bringing a new child into our home is scary. I've suggested dipping into our retirement fund instead. After all, we have 20 more years to rebuild that. But what if one, or even both of us, suddenly had a health crisis and couldn't work anymore? We need that money to help support our family. So Liz is understandably concerned about using a large chunk of their safety net, right? Um, she's thinking about withdrawing from their retirement fund instead. What are the pros and cons of each of those options? I would counsel her to be careful on taking money out of that because they're just not of age yet where it's very expensive. You know, it's a 10% penalty plus the tax, your tax bracket. So it can get up to 40% pretty quickly. So that would caution them real quickly on that. But, you know, maybe they could go and do you know, part of their safety net that they have and take a portion of that and use some debt with it and kind of combine those two. You know, I've even seen just with some of my coworkers there, they had so many people that wanted to help them that they literally did a fundraiser to help them pay for their adoption. Now, that typically doesn't apply to high net worth folks. They don't need that, but it was very helpful for this couple. So if Liz and her husband decide to postpone adoption for a few more years in order to create a, an adoption fund, what would be the most effective saving strategy? The monthly set automatic kind of savings is the best. I would put that right into some sort of very safe instrument that would have no chance of principal loss. So just a very standard, maybe even a money market account of some sort pays a little higher interest than savings. And that would be what I would suggest because you want that to be readily available. Liz says she and her husband are still paying off their debt from school. How would you suggest they balance those debt repayments against their savings goals? They were probably fairly aggressive on that, meaning they're paying more than they have to minimally pay to retire their debt. So, you know, they might be able to dial that back a little bit and just maybe get a little bit more toward the minimum on that. Of course, they're not paying off as much principal as they would like, but that's a lever they could pull in addition to using some of their safety net. But here's the thing is once they have the child, there's going to be some cash flow differences here 
because somebody's going to have to be maybe at home and, you know, for X length of time. And then, of course, they get into daycare, which is very expensive. So from their safety net standpoint, I would rather see them probably keep that in place because they're going to kind of need that. That's a great point. On top of saving for the immediate cost, you also need to save for the temporary loss of income. Let's check back with Liz about what else is weighing on them. There's just so many unknowns that can impact the cost. We don't really know yet if we'll be adopting stateside or internationally. If we adopt internationally, we may need to pay for multiple trips overseas, a translator, and immigration fees for our child. What if we adopt domestically? Then we might need to cover the medical bills and expenses of the birth mother. My husband and I are planners, but with so many variables coming into play, we found it unusually difficult to begin the process. I suspect that the timing will never feel right, and I'm worried that by the time we actually feel ready, our son will practically be an adolescent. I know the adoption process can be slow, so I'd like to start now. But those all-important factors, the who, what, when, where, and how, they're all just one big question mark right now. That's been a hard mental barrier for us to overcome. So Liz's story touches on something that many people struggle with, saving for a goal that may change significantly based on various factors. What advice would you give to those in a similar situation, whether they're saving for adoption or something else entirely? Well, life has a funny way of getting in the way of savings goals. It just, things happen. And regular savings plans will usually work until something comes up that's unavoidable you haven't planned for, which there's so many variables that she touched on. Those are the things that they could work through before that I think would be very helpful to them and narrow down some of these and take some of the variables off the plate. You know, international, domestic. You're going to go one way or the other. It's a process. And everybody needs to be on the same page and they need to be very honest with each other and themselves on what should we do. They probably just need to go ahead and do that because postponing this much later is not a good idea for this couple. Okay, so let's say they make a plan and things work out. They're able to adopt. They already have one child in the house. So what's the first step for them now to adjust or build a financial plan for a new family of four? Wow. Well, probably the first thing that they need to work on, and this would be something that they'll have to work on, is a family budget. And probably working with that on maybe somebody not working for four months of that first year or something along those lines. So there'll be a probably reduction in income initially and then a little more outflow. So it's kind of going from both ways. So they have to be very careful on that. But you don't go out as much when you have a baby. So it sort of can take care of itself. They got a bright income future. So there's just going to be some pain for them on the short end. But for the long term, they'll be fine. We like to end these podcasts with some takeaways, key takeaways, something that maybe one of our listeners might bring up to his or her friend at the water cooler. So if you had a few things you could tell our audience, um, what would those takeaways be? Some of the takeaways would be get a handle on the cost and tons of online calculators to get an idea of that. Now, I'm sure they come with all sorts of caveats that every situation is unique but they'll probably have some general boundaries on a range on this to this. And again, if it's international and overseas, they just need to be aware of the travel and the expense of the travel and the time away from 
either other children or work or whatever. And the financial impact goes past the adoption. And then they also need to review maybe their insurance benefits and to see if there's maybe some adoption assistance at their place of work. They usually vary, 2500 10000 somewhere in that range. And they can do some research. They can plan. They can prepare. But no two adoptions are the same. They'll all be unique. They'll have different twists and turns, but they'll be the most wonderful thing you've ever done. Thanks again, Keith McCord, Wealth Advisor for Regions Private Wealth Management. Thanks for sharing your story and your experience. You're welcome. And thank you for listening. Every episode of Regions Wealth Podcast tackles a different financial challenge with the help of a Regions advisor. We hope you'll join us again and share this podcast with a friend. See you next time. Copyright 2019 Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general education or marketing in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Statements of individuals are their own, not regions. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. This podcast is intended for educational and marketing purposes only. The people and events are fictional but represent real issues. No identification with actual persons is intended or should be inferred.